Hey, it's Deconversion Therapy, and this is Karen, and we have a special episode this week because we had the lucky fortune to be on Cheers to Leaving, a podcast done by our new friend Rachel, and uh, yeah, we all just got a drink and recorded and had a blast, so I hope you enjoy what you're about to hear, and make sure to go follow her on social medias and wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Okay, so uh-huh. I'm Karen from Deconversion Therapy, and I live in Tennessee, and then my co-host is over I'm there. I'm Bonnie from Deconversion Therapy. I live in Florida. So between the two of us, mm-hmm. we have the market on the uh, southern or Bible Belt adjacent um, part of yeah. the country. Shithole pastors. They usually <laughs> are born here, and then they go there. Or mm-hmm. vice versa. So we uh, any any pastor who's now in jail, you can just see the line between her house and my house. They, There's a, just a pneumatic tube, right? <laughs> right. But we do uh, a comedy podcast for three years. We've known each other since we were one year old, and. Uh, yeah, Bonnie was on the street and my family picked her (laughs) up and then took her to church with us. We went to Southern Baptist Church, but we did like carpool. That's because she grew up on my street, my street. I did not grow up on her street. Um, (laughs) then we We just, we started in day school together Mm -hmm. and it was part of the church. So it was like a dovetailing kind of thing because we got started early because our birthdays were before the the cutoff or something. So we oh. ended up starting school at three year three years old or something ridiculous. In eighth young. grade, Rachel. They yeah, put us right into eighth grade. <laughs> right into eighth grade. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, so we were at church all the time because we either were at the day school that was connected to the church and then we'd, we we would walk out. Those were the days that you don't know about where you could run willy nilly around everywhere. You could go into like old men's houses and (laughs) nobody cared. (laughs) Nobody knew. No one Gave a crap, but we could go all through the church. Everything would be unlocked, so we'd play there. Or we'd go to choir on Wednesdays, and then as we got older, youth group and all that. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) And who was the president of our youth group? Uh, We did not have president. (laughs) That's not true. It was me. I... (laughs) <laughs> and she, she claims she never this. remembers that we had I an think organizational you council. and like two people made this up and I did not know. No, I believe it. That's like yeah. student council, but for youth group. Yeah, we That's get to interesting. choose which, which awesome parties we host. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want a pepperoni pizza or a plain cheese pizza? <laughs> it was crazy, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I did come up with the idea of the um, the New Year's Eve lock-in. Oh, I was well, like, yes, unfortunate. <laughs> it is unfortunate. I think that's when my osteoporosis kicked in. <laughs> Those floors, and then that's right, just all sitting around there. 
Yeah. Yeah. All we had were metal folding chairs and like it was maybe bad. an old sofa that somebody's family had donated to this right. big building. My parents yeah. never let me do walk-ins. Oh. Yeah. Although, what did you hear about fun. them? I don't know. My parents were like, Ugh, boys and girls should not be locked in together in the same place. Like the youth group would also have like land parties where like they would just stay up and play video games all night. And like my dad legit showed up halfway through the night because he was like concerned. And then he just hung out for the rest of the night. And I was like, wow, dad, thanks. He was playing totally a game? right though. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he, there were no adults there. There was plenty of adults. Right. That were like chaperoning. He just like felt the need to show up. And I was like so embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Did he have fun? Did he do anything? No, he didn't. He just like sat around and was like weird. Just lingered. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Four in the morning. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also... Like the generational thing, like I said, like our parents, seriously, we did not know if they'd be late for something. We had no cell phones. Um, right. There was one time I got dropped off at school on like Labor Day. And uh, I always <laughs> joke about that. I thought the rapture had come like seriously. <laughs> and then like. Really? Why would I be left? But we only had a pay phone. I had to like go and search out a janitor. So again, I find myself in a small dark closet with an old man going like, give a dime. Um, so yeah, this our old safety. man who like always had chalk on his hands and would come up to us at the table where we were eating lunch and go, sugar booger. He'd and always thought it was yeah. the funniest he, thing. Oh, he'd sir. Laugh. Exactly. Sir. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> that was oh, that is so weird. Yeah, I hate it. it. Yeah. So what kind <laughs> of church did you grow up in? What's the denomination? Uh non-denominational. I was always um, very proud of that. Right. Um, it was a home church. Like we went, we were in a building for like a while, but the church would kind of like fluctuate. And so when it got smaller, they went back to home church. So it was like home so, church, building, building home church again with the building did you get into a school gym or just a plaza we need to know the level okay so the first building was a garage so like (laughs) i think a garage building asking questions yeah uh so it basically was just like this big cement floor building with a steam roof steam oh, roof yeah. a steel roof okay and then it well, there was like a kitchen and like bathrooms and that was it but basically we had like worship service and just like this concrete floor like, like an airport hangar just yeah oh yeah did, did, you have like chairs? did you have chairs yes, yes we had so, metal chairs so you kind of know what our <laughs> living was like <laughs> right right 24 yeah, okay. hours right there yeah <laughs> yeah and then we so, also were like in this entertainment area but it was connected to like a karate studio that like someone <laughs> knew from like oh those <laughs> eastern arts like, rachel <laughs> right <laughs> gonna see through the wall 
Well, no, because it was like a Christian karate studio. So oh, like, yes, of course. you the know, two kids were in the yeah. dojo. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. So that so was the only two buildings we ever did. So were you in those buildings because you could afford the rent? Or were they like given to you guys? Or do you, you probably wouldn't know. She wasn't sure, the assistant was like, She was five. <laughs> You're not wrong. I I Before. think at one point, like for the second one, since we knew the karate guy, I think <laughs> I think we maybe were paying something. I should say they, the pastor was paying something, but it probably wasn't much. It was probably just super convenient and like we're friends. So yeah. Hey, and they probably and took it off their taxes. Everyone oh, says yeah. you yeah. need to know a doctor, a dentist, and a karate guy. That'll get you through <laughs> life. So I'm glad, <laughs> glad you guys had that. But wasn't yeah. so Bonnie never advanced into non-denominational like you and I were. Right, she right. was still at Southern Baptist, but didn't you feel like non-denominational was almost meant all loving, like we accept everyone because of the way it was phrased, but it didn't mean that at all. It was its own denomination. It was, and mine was very charismatic, but like Mm -hmm. they would be like, oh, we're not going to like commit to like a category, but like also we're judging all of the other categories because (laughs) we're obviously the best, you know, like that was definitely the attitude, but like, I don't know. Anytime people would ask me, like, oh, we're non-denominational, like, I totally knew what that meant, and I didn't. I was like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Jesus (laughs) can't be nailed down. Yeah. Again, I guess. Don't put Jesus in a box. Right. (laughs) Don't put Jesus in a box. That sounds better. Um, Yeah. Nailed down. Might be triggering for Jesus. I know. (laughs) But, yeah. Okay, so so but doesn't that make you realize that everybody kind of thinks that their religion is the one, even if it's non-denominational? It's like, yeah. I'm like, well, what how does could that you even think mean? another way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You made it up. <laughs> non-denominational thing. And that's also my problem with churches. I'm like, so you all believe the same thing, but like you all believe only certain things. And anytime it doesn't work out, you just start a new denomination essentially. So it's like, yeah. Um, so who's right? (laughs) Oh, Karen, tell her about the lady in the, in the, the wild in Russia or, um, and how much they didn't believe and (laughs) what happened to her? There are so many stories that we know, but yeah, that one is, um, a woman named Agafia Lykov, but way back in like the thirties in Russia, they all believed that the churches were going to be persecuted. Spoiler, they were. But uh, so her family grabbed them and fled into the forest in Siberia. They weren't found. They saw nobody for 40 years. They didn't know the war happened. They didn't understand what the airplanes over their head were. Um, Anyway, she's still alive today, but their religion was so... Like it, it, in, it, they're called old believers, but that they were the only ones, you know, we're mm-hmm. the old believers are the only right Christians. We're the only yeah. ones getting to heaven. Um, but and, those people split and literally split town. 
Oh yes, amazing. They split, and and the old church and the the medium old church, <laughs> they split. Didn't they split over if you cross yourself with two or three fingers? Yeah, there was some, yeah. like little things like that. That's or do I the mean, gen? Isn't that genuflecting? Yeah, up, down, left, right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So isn't that the Catholic thing? Yeah. So they were sort of the. It was sort of a old Catholic-y orthodoxy thing. But yeah, some were like, you do it with two, you do it with three, we're leaving. And then 40 years later, you find one in the forest by yourself. So yeah. That is so interesting. (laughs) It's, it's wild. Why, why you would do it for like, that just seems like a midlife crisis or something. To just like be like, peace out, and then like go into the wilderness for 40 years. But it's interesting because we've all got like the smaller versions of it. So your family didn't feel that they could join an already existing church. Is that mm-hmm. right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't, know. I don't even care. Okay. <laughs> but Bonnie I and I keep saying like all the churches that we do little episodes on, we find it's usually one guy who's like, I believe in God so much. I feel although there's 200 churches in town, I need to start another one. God's leading me. And Mm -hmm. I am also going to be the leader of it, coincidentally. (laughs) Which, yes, it's very true. But that brings me to an article, and I've been reading and listening to a lot of uh, people talk about power lately. And I, you, you, you always think that power means that you have power over people and influence and everything. But this article, I think it was in the Atlantic, it said that really what people are seeking when they're looking for power is autonomy to do whatever the hell they want. And if you kind of follow that in churches, I'm like, yeah, if if you if you seek out power and figure out how to get it, you can you can disobey the law. You can have sex with all the young girls that you want. Um, you just it's just like run wild, do whatever you want. Have you know have your wife have an affair with the pool attendant and watch and still run a Baptist university named Liberty University. Okay, that's just right. Putting in so notes for people. Yeah, because Karen and I always have this thing, and I'm like, I don't understand it. Why do these people care so much about having power over their congregations and over the politics? Why can't they just live and let live? But it sounds like ultimately they just want to be able to do whatever they want. Because then and, no one's over them. They want to be the top of the food chain. No one's yeah. looking at them. But yeah. their food chain doesn't include God. No, no, no. Hilarious. Well, only when it's convenient. If you it's know. a God, they invent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That fits with their body. That fits system. their rules and like whatever. Then they're like, God told me. And everyone's like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Can you imagine how many of them are up there at the top of their food chain doing whatever they want? And they're just haven't been caught yet. I, oh, so that, totally. <laughs> yeah. Did so you guys see the, sorry, the Joel Osteen uh, thing where it was like they were robbed back in 2014 and some plumber found the robbed money, which was like 600000 or something in the walls. 
Don't get us started. Bonnie, what's your two <laughs> cents before I give my forty, my $600,000? My two cents are that um, it's what you said, too, is that guy's got so much money. Why would he need to hide a tiny little portion of it, including checks? I don't well, yeah, think that's, was, weren't there yeah. money orders, too? Like, money yeah. Order. I don't I was think like, it was joy. But and people got mad at me when I said on TikTok, it wasn't Joel. It's not Joel, but that I said, I don't care if it is like I have no dog in this fight, I'm not getting any good Joel loving money. But, <laughs> um, yeah, like one when we did our episode on him, I was really ticked to find out that he doesn't get a salary, he lives off of his books, there's no money going. And that makes enough, you know, he's figured it out. So he's got his jet and his house and all that. But yeah, it makes no sense that he would do that and leave it there where he could have easily gotten the money out and put it on his jet and flown it to his Mexican house. Not that I know that he has any of that, but I I want to know, (laughs) because what I'm thinking, someone said that they knew someone who stole money and then did it in a way that the boss got blamed. So I'm hoping it's like some disgruntled office worker who is shoving it in the walls and then just waiting, waiting for them to find it and blame it on Joel. Although I I'm feel fine like if it's him. I'm fine with that too. I feel like though, since it was like in the wall, it would have to be someone that has like, I don't want to say jurisdiction because that is a huge word, but like, <laughs> you know access. what I mean? Like wall <laughs> access to the point where they could put it in there and then like literally cover it up. It's not like it was a door or anything, you know, it was like it right. was put. So someone had to have some sort of, authority to where they could get the like job done yeah it's you a know? janitor it's sugar baby what do you call <laughs> sugar booger what do you say to us sugar booger sugar booger that's right oh, oh man maybe it's the whole janitor thing because the funny but thing is i've run into unionized. a lot of people who are janitors at churches and i knew of one and i heard of another organist and they're atheists but they, you know, you get employed. So and you trust the organist. That's right. <laughs> My we parents were actually uh, janitors. So are At they the sketchy? Yes. My mom is. <laughs> 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 <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Did they come into any cash lately? Because no. Oh, man. No, that, they didn't. They wrapped in tithing have... envelopes. <laughs> right, right. Also, where's Joel even located? It's not here. It's Houston. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Whereas churches, yeah, it's in Houston. And I mean, the thing is, the church is huge. And he just shows up to do his ding-a-dang, everyone's great. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's it. So I have a feeling like he doesn't even spend that much time on the actual grounds, like our, our pastor, you had to make an appointment. It would be like, he's there on Thursdays. And that was it. Cause our church was so big, like other churches, the pastors keep office hours and stuff, or they're too small and they're at home. But ours was always 
always out golfing, asking people for money, right? all that. <laughs> wow. That yeah. doesn't sound like a pastor. That sounds like a businessman, CEO of a company. That is exactly. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and he's currently, uh, he was one of Trump's right-hand guys, and he owns owns or runs in one of the biggest churches in Texas owns. now. Exactly. Uh, owns. Well, can we find out a little bit about your process for deconverting? Sure. Um, mine, uh, I feel like I never, up until like maybe the past like two years, was like officially like, okay, this is happening. Um, before that, I feel like I went through like a weird dormant stage to where like, I'm sorry, my cheeks are so flushed. And I don't know why y'all are making me nervous. Red wine. Red, Red wine. wine. That does I also fun. have rosacea. So like, and I'm not wearing makeup anyway. I'm just making excuses as to why I look horrible <laughs> on this Zoom camera. Um, so basically I got a, like a five-year relationship with also a Christian man but we met at like 15. So like, you know how those relationships go nowhere. Um, but he did get me pregnant and I have a nine-year-old now. Um, but after that relationship, I went through like a whole stage to where I was like, Oh, like I'm going to do whatever I want. And like, but I went about it wrong. If that makes sense. Like, like I was like flipping off purity culture, but I also was like, not doing it in a healthy way that was like good right. for me. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's it's how it goes. So I did that um for a while and I kind of like wouldn't admit to not believing in God, but also like I also wasn't going to church and I also was like, but then I would make excuses like it's a relationship, not a religion. Mm-hmm. I'll just right. I can have a relationship right. with God and not go to church. And so, but I didn't like I didn't read my Bible. I was not practicing at all. And, um, so, I mean, I feel like that went on for a few years and then I started doing like some soul searching at like, I feel like I was 26 or 27 when I started doing this. I'm 29 now, but, um, I started like actually consciously doing it to like, like I started listening to podcasts. Um, I did start listening to your guys's a while ago. We offer which, no help, but there's some <laughs> no good help. ones. Yeah. No, I mean, not as far as like, but it, it's just fun to like hear people laugh about shit and like realize that you all went through the same stuff and, and things like that and other listener stories. But, um, so I started listening to podcasts about that but before that I started listening to like science podcasts and just getting really deep into like the science parts. I wasn't taught evolution. I didn't know shit about evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so started really getting into that. And then just like, I got really into like other versions of like, are we living in a simulation or just like other weird shit like that? And like realized that the data out there and like, all kinds of information makes it kind of seem impossible that this religion that I was brought up in was actually in any way real. And so after I started digging into that, um, I feel like it started my faith or whatever started really unraveling because I was like, 
educating myself, you know, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I talk to my mom about it, she's like, don't intellectualize it, Rachel. And I'm like, no, I'd like you, that's what we should be doing. We should, (laughs) we should think about it a little bit more. Like we believe in mythology basically at this point. And so I don't, I don't talk to her about it because she just throws Bible verses at me, but I started like having honest questions and, um, I was living with my partner who's now my husband now. And I was like, I'm really digging deep into this because we both come from very conservative Christian backgrounds. Both of our parents are still very much Christians. And I mean, he was like, yeah, I'm like on board with it. He's like, I kind of went through this a couple of years ago. And he was like, but he's not open about it because because he's why be persecuted. Huh? Because why be persecuted unnecessarily? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> He's like, I just don't talk to people. Right. Um, and me, I'm like out here, like, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going right. to tell people off. And he's like, let's just not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so I started doing that and he basically, it, it was just weird to go through like the different stages. Cause like, I didn't realize I was like grieving to an extent. And I didn't realize like what was happening to me. And then I like went through this weird, like six months of panic where I was like, I am not sure what's going to happen when I die. So yeah. that got like really heavy. And I do remember listening to Karen's like 20 minute hell episode of like what to do when you start like panicking about that. And that was cool to hear because I feel like that's something that's not talked about when deconstructing, like, Oh my God, we're panicking we don't actually know what's going to happen when we die and then I got fixated on that for a little bit and then I got over it but like that was a huge part too in deconstructing because I was just accepting the fact that like I probably wasn't ever going to know and like it definitely probably wasn't heaven and like all this other stuff and so I started going down that route and then I, I was taking college classes too and college can be very liberating in that area too because Mm -hmm. it's like I don't know I I was taking like an art history class and like they were like this is like art from this era which was like thousands and millions of years ago and I was like just never taught that but I was learning about it in my 20s and then it started bringing up lots of anger for me because I was like how could my parents cripple me like this you know like why would they and so those are just kind of like highlights as far as deconstructing but I never was like I'm deconverting, I'm deconstructing, you know, it was just sort of like a, this gradual thing of me finding out information and, and wanting to know and wanting to have an open mind too. Like I never learned about other religions really, except that they were all bad, especially like Allah and all of that, you know, and Muslims that was like all bad and they just want to kill you. And then, um, anything else, as far as like new agey stuff I was taught was bad and, And then I just started looking at things really like critically and uh, open-minded. And I was like, none of what these people say makes sense. Like as far as like people I was friends with on Facebook and just different things like that. And I was like, I don't think I believe anymore. And like, I'm panicking a little bit because this is my entire identity because like my mom met the man who ran the house church when I was one. And so from then on, I was just like injected into that. And it's so weird to, to be on the other side of that and like having no idea who you are. Yeah. Like, yep. so that in a nutshell, I, I feel like it's, 
spanned over like six years or so of me, like not intentionally doing it. Like I said, 27, I feel like I started intentionally doing it, but before that I sort of was just like in denial, I guess Mm -hmm. a little bit about it. So yeah, that's pretty much my story. I think that like, um, they would call it backsliding, but sort of like that nothing (laughs) phase that, you know, I'm not making an effort either way phase Mm -hmm. is, I know I went through that. I think Bonnie did a little bit. And now I feel like people don't talk about that as much. Yeah. I think that's like, like they talk about when they consciously did it, but like, I feel like there's gotta be a time where we just sort of went into like autopilot and we're like, I'm not going to do either thing, but I'm going to do I don't know what feels right or right. whatever. And in Christianity, if you're doing nothing, that means you're sinning. Bad. Right. Mm-hmm. It equals bad. And it's true because usually if you're doing nothing, you are slipping away. You know, you're creating right. distance and distance. Well, in the church is like, you should go to church because, mm-hmm. you know, you need to be surrounded by community. I'm like, oh, so I can be re brainwashed and indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know what I mean? But it's like, and that's weird too to think about it because like when you're taught like oh don't leave the flock and like all this shit and you're like oh that's why you don't want me to leave the flock because right. you don't want me to fucking like actually get information that makes me think for myself interesting exactly it's not just trying to keep me from like struggling or getting hurt or whatever it's just this whole yeah brainwash bullshit that you're like wow <laughs> it's but so it- weird to be on the other side now yeah. Yeah. Do you still have pangs like on Sunday morning of like, oh, I should be going? No, I had those I for so don't. long. Okay. Good. You? Were you like an avid church goer? I, yeah. I mean, up like, until I went, I, up until, uh, let's see, my years in my junior and senior year of college, no, because I went to a secular university. <laughs> But then when I moved back home, I was like, boop, right back into the fold of the singles group in church. Then I moved to Los Angeles and it was all shot to hell. But like, but but I would even in Los Angeles, you know, where I developed a very strong affinity, affinity for the word fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I should really find a church. I should really work on that. I should really, yeah. should and, really and, stop and, being a sailor. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I kept thinking, oh, I got to get it back. I got to get it back together. Right. And, I think you, know. you just like felt guilty because you were like, oh, I should be doing this, but it's what I did I'm forever. It's nice what time. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sleeping is nice. Not having, you know, or having two days to do what you'd like to do on the weekend. And yeah, you get to discover like is... who you are because you do your fun stuff the Saturday and then Sunday you're like, Huh. You know, because you're so used to that being it. So you sort of get to see what would I enjoy? Huh. Yeah. What would I? Yeah. I love my Sundays and Saturdays <laughs> and all the days. I love brunch. So like brunch is good. I that's my new religion. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Bottomless mimosas. Don't put pants on until noon. Mimosas. Yes. <laughs> It's great. Yep. I mean, anytime someone asks me to go to church, I started joking about this with my husband, but I was like, just tell him I don't wear pants before noon. So like, I, I can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Up to you. <laughs> sorry. I, I don't won't be wearing pants. 
Holes in your court. (laughs) I saw some, um, I poked the bear at someone on a social media thing, and they were just talking about... So much, uh, you know. I hate it. I hate myself the whole, for it. I know. I don't do it all the time, but you know, there was some guy, and he is in the world size uncool. He might be cool to someone, but he's tried to like pull put like Cardi B music to the back of like is. Jesus, the only way is there proof for Jesus, you know, and his answer is yes. I, he's like a 40 year old man. And um, my God. in blue shirt and blue top that don't match. Okay, I'm going to keep going. But then in the comments, I'm like, no, you know, there was never proof that Jesus existed. And if he did, there's no proof he was the Messiah. And then I got the little minions coming in, as they should. And they were just saying, you know, yes, Jesus is is the one true God. Why do you think millions and billions of people worship him? I'm like, millions and billions worship Allah. How do you know he's not right? And Mm -hmm. they said, because that's what they teach them. And I'm like, aha. You want to think about what you just That's said? Right. And then he came back and he's like, but ours is right. Um, and yeah, the indoctrination, like I remember the whole, Karen, there's 12 inches between your head and your heart. Like that is where the unbelief can happen. As in, stop intellectualizing, Rachel. Just think with the mushy red thing. Don't think with the the gray cortex up there. Just I never heard that. God. Oh yeah, that was preached all the time to us. But we were Southern Baptists, so they had like eight lines that they would repeat. They yeah. would really drill certain, you know, things into you. Um mm-hmm. and that would be it. You know, the whole uh Jesus whole like oh it only fits jesus (laughs) let me clean this up uh that we all have a hole in our heart that only jesus can fill it's a jesus-shaped hole you know they would just drill that stuff into us where it meant nothing but everything and we would just carry that with us till you'd leave and you're like I'm going to say that to someone who doesn't believe. And before it gets Mm -hmm. out of your mouth, you're like, that is so stupid. That's the girl who talked about a Jesus hole. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Our youth pastor used to talk about the urge to merge. Oh, yeah. When you get the urge to merge. (laughs) Which was sex. I hate Uh, that. I hate it. That is so gross. So distasteful. Let me tell you what's funny. I just had the same conversation with my mom today about <laughs> thinking about well, why do we why do we believe the Bible? Because God told us, but it says to believe God. And I'm like, don't you see? There's a, a problem with that circular kind of logic and proving the Bible with the Bible. She, yeah, and she was like. I don't like to talk about religion like this because, you know, don't make fun of people for, for what they believe. And I'm like, not making fun of them, but just don't shove it down my throat. And she said, well, who shoves it down your throat? And I'm like, have you gone to church? Have you <laughs> looked like, at policies? Yeah. Yeah. She goes, those people are going because they wanted to go. And I said, not if they're a child. 
Right. And I'm pretty sure that's when we started talking about something else. Right. <laughs> um, the, yes. And look at those cults. Um, yeah. The I was thinking today, the whole Bible proves the Bible. I mean, I'm Karen. You can take that as face value, but most of the world, even though I am here, I know me, I can tell you everything about me, will still ask for a driver's license or a passport to prove who I am. Like there still needs to be like a vetted piece of material to, you know, be the secondary source to yeah. prove what I'm saying of who I am. And I mean, that's the minimum that the Bible should have, but I it like it. Not. And the Bible should have a, a bill with your address on there for an electric or power, you know, utility of some sort to prove <laughs> who you are. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah like right. the DMV. Yeah, yeah, if you want to they become make you a prison. So hard. That's right. That you deserve to renew your driver's license. Right. That you deserve to pay taxes. Yeah. Right. So if that's well, what's happening in absolutely. Florida, that you deserve to vote here. Right. Oh, yeah. that's the big privilege. Ugh. I'm going to go to Florida, <laughs> not going to pay taxes, and I'm going to vote. <laughs> going to vote the hell out of everything. Yeah. Um, I saw this meme that was like, uh, proof that God exists, Bible, proof that Allah exists. Uh, yeah the yeah and then proof that (laughs) spider-man exists and it was like a comic book and i was like yes (laughs) yes exactly that's what we're trying to say we didn't bring our kids up in church but we did try and have them go for a while and then luckily our kids were hated it and they would cry and we get called to the nursery and that sort of saved us but um when we were talking to our daughter about the Bible and she was like, why can't Harry Potter be true then? And there'd be a Harry Potter church. And Smart we're like, girl. yeah, you'll be good kid. You know, <laughs> but it's different. I don't want to bring up some terrible news, but there's some terrible news. Um, but there was some tragic news about a young child who was made fun of and told he was going to go to hell. And then he self-harmed. And I'm just like, that is the issue. You know, you can believe in, yeah, you can read the Spider-Man comics and and Harry Potter, but the idea that, you know, you're going to go to hell and you're going to burn. And we're going to talk about that imagery a lot at church. You know, that scares the shit out of you. You're too scared to mm-hmm. even think about that yeah so, and you're Rachel, from you from a young age so young oh okay sorry Rachel sorry. are you allowed to read Harry Potter no no See? but my parents were like Lord of the Rings oh yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> fine because <laughs> right. it was a Christian author mm-hmm. there's so many things about like Jesus and metaphors in there I'm like okay but there's a wizard there's other things, and there's, mm-hmm. like, the same exact things in Harry Potter. Right, right. But no, no. Couldn't watch Harry Potter. I still haven't seen all the Harry Potters or read it. I just feel like that ship has sailed for me. Did you go to, like, <laughs> public school, or were you homeschooled? No, I was homeschooled. So, yeah. like, I was even right. further home church, homeschooled, mm-hmm. just, like, 
indoctrinated to the fullest extent. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's it. Like they want to protect you. And that's Mm -hmm. why like Bonnie and I went to Christian school forever. They were protecting us. And um, who knows if, if that went on through high school, Bonnie, I guess we would have stayed there through 12th grade. I don't know. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But Um, fortunately. But but what the thing with our church, it was a huge church. Our youth group fed from like seven or eight different high schools. So we had a big youth group. I mean, we had a bigger youth group than some people's high schools were. And um, uh, so we had a really large base of friends, but we really weren't... uh, if, if you said, I'm going to go over to Sharon's house tonight uh, after church, they'd be like, okay. And you just assume that that meant her parents were there. And maybe they, oh, were, they didn't. But they were did probably in the other room. And we were all just somewhere watching a movie. As in, we all believe sort of that everyone was on the straight and narrow. Is that what you mean? Yeah, and that, like, it was, it takes a village, so anybody's parents were fine people to watch your kids. Oh, I see. Fine people. (laughs) Right. They are very fine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, some of us had curfews, some of us didn't, but we weren't really out doing anything interesting, like sneaking beer into, you know... Uh, well, after I'm sure church none of parties. parents drank, or if they did, they were in denial about it. Yeah, that's right. Southern My parents artists. were. They'd be like, oh, we don't drink. And then I definitely found beer, a beer bottle in their room one time. But like, <laughs> they refused to teach me it about it. It was their anniversary, Rachel. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't get the knowledge of... no. <clears throat> Of moderation either, which would be, my parents started doing that later. They, um, so when I got married at my church, I didn't want the pastor that has been spoken about here to do it. I wanted the, uh, no, what was he? Music. Yep. Music minister. He was cool. And um, we had drinking at the reception. Shut up. But. My mom had them pull back the drinks for like an hour, put out the drinks for an hour because she didn't want anyone to, as she said, booze it up. But the next day we were already gone on our honeymoon and the preacher talked about alcohol and (laughs) the people that were guests at our wedding were there. Like, it's obvious that he heard and he was, you know, trying to. He even talked about, now I know at wedding receptions, anyway, luckily my Which parents, I was not invited to. <laughs> the, <laughs> she was the maid of honor. Um, but but the pastor, as, he wasn't invited, was he? Oh, he was not invited, no. Yeah. Um, so he was probably well, just maybe bitter. Was. Yeah. He was mad about it. But I think my parents were pulling away in some of those aspects, like drinking and and but still moderation moderation mm-hmm. um but yeah purity culture i think still screws with my head for sure it's so annoying did you oh, yeah. wait it is annoying did you wait like uh till your wedding yeah i was a good like even kissing and all that oh no <laughs> 
Oh, no. God, Rachel. <laughs> no, there was plenty. So um, Bonnie and I like know each other's boyfriends and all the drama that happened. But like my one of my first boyfriends who ever like jumped and dry humped me, like was pushing my boobs like elevator buttons. Like I'm like, is this it? Is this how things go? I guess. And then of course there would always be that you pray after or, you know, (laughs) ask for forgiveness later, some boyfriends. Um, But so, yeah. It's so unpleasant knowing who you're talking about. I know. It's It's unpleasant for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and most all of mine ended up being pastors or ministers. Oh, um, God. Yeah, Karen was like a a dater of the spiritually superior right. group in our church. That's right. I, yeah, I and I remember the one time... Godly. There was one time a guy who was going to be a pastor asked me out, and I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be no pastor's wife. (laughs) You know, I don't have the calling to be a wife of a pastor. But we were just talking today about how, like, being good is still important to us. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a totally bad thing, but I think for sure it bleeds into everything that we do. And the purity culture and how we see other people. Like, still measuring people on that... Richter scale of right, you know, so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely difficult. I mean, the only good thing is that we all have our parents to remind us to just stay on social media forever so that you can understand what the youngins are doing next <laughs> and be like, that's fine because, um. Yeah, I don't want to have such a disconnect like my father does and so that everything can be seen as sinful and all that. I'm trying my best to learn what pan means and polyamorous and what people do with this and that and putting it, you know, and just be like, it's fine. You guys are a lot more open about it than I would have been, but feel free, feel free to do your thing. Um, Because, yeah, there's definitely, you would just feel shocked that people would even say they were having sex, much less the openness that people have with anything sexual now these days. Oh, yeah, the openness is so surprising. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm glad for it. Yeah, and it definitely shouldn't be taboo. Um, We were hanging out with this married couple back in October, and it's one of my husband's, like, lifelong friends. But he, like, married this gal who practices, like, like traditional Judaism. But they're Mm -hmm. probably, like, Pentecostal because they believe the real, you know, Jewish, whatever. You know, that whole thing where it was like, oh, real Jews don't believe Jews, not real Jews, but traditional Jewish beliefs don't believe that Jesus came back. And right. then like the, is it, it's not Pentecostal. Reclaimed, what is it? What is they it? call them either reclaimed Jews or uh, reformed another Jews. Word. Messianic? Messianic Jews. Messianic yeah. Jews. So I think that's like what they practice. But I went to their wedding and they had very traditional 
like Jewish wedding things, which actually mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah. I, I was like, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Um, but we were over at their house and um, <laughs> she was complaining about like a neck injury she had. And like, I, I don't know, basically it was a sex injury. <laughs> like and what'd you laugh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you laughed first, I was like, here it comes. Was he yeah. having sex and with so her neck? I do not <laughs> understand the youth. Well, he like threw her on the bed. And so I wanted to talk about it because I was like, I'm I'm more open about it. I mean, it's not like I walk around talking about me and my husband's sex life or anything, but like I'm like, it's funny sex related injuries that happen. I mean, we both know you guys are married. We both know you do it. So like, why is this weird? And they cringed so hard when I was like, oh, what'd you do, Mark? Just like throw her into the headboard. And then just like, <laughs> and he was like, ah! <laughs> stuff like that. But it's funny. Cause like, they are still very much immersed in that culture. Cause they waited. Mark didn't. I've known him for like ever, um, which is her husband. And I was just like, okay, well, I know your history. I don't know hers, but like for you to act like you are holier than thou now, is just annoying. Um, but he like converted for her and all this stuff. And I was like, honestly, like, I don't know why this is like so weird to admit that you have intercourse because why wouldn't you? Yeah. You're young and you're married. Like, but they just like cringed so hard and they didn't want to talk about it. And I was just like, oh my God. It's like so... something that's not just church related though. It's so that's true. No, it could no. be. But also like, since they waited, I also feel like it's taboo for them because, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. just because like they didn't talk about it then they were like saving themselves or whatever. And I just, you know. I mean, to not talk about with, yeah, to not talk about it when like you're married is just, I don't know. I I didn't feel like it was necessarily a private thing. Although I respect that too. If you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But it just felt like something more of like, we're not supposed to talk about this, you know? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I mean, that was it. I was telling Bonnie that my daughters who are grown were watching and they were over here one night watching the Jonas Brothers special or something roast and yeah they were being (laughs) roasted by Pete Davidson and all this and anyway that sounds entertaining the Joe Jonas character his wife is the one that was on Game of Thrones so she was up there roasting him and she's like well you all thought Joe had his finger in a purity ring he had his finger in other co-stars you know and I was like yes finally and then I've heard that other the younger one say something about you know that our their purity ring stuff was a big sham um but to other people I don't think it was to Kevin, the oldest, but we didn't have, Kevin. Bonnie and I didn't grow up with uh, Kiss Dating Goodbye and that whole, like, don't even kiss situation, mm-hmm. but we did have, you know, masturbation is wrong um, and, <clears throat> yeah, anything else is Yeah, and wrong. how many, I well, I don't know how many, but there was... There, there were more than one of our friends who got pregnant and went away and had the baby. Mm-hmm. 
showed up again. So, uh, and it, it's just, it was just, I mean, that's just so awkward. Yeah. And it, and like, did you I guys... wasn't anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what? I went and saw my aunt for nine months. What? Right. Um, did you guys have purity rings? I thought that was more of like a 90s, early nope. 2000s thing. Yeah, we had nothing like that. We just Bonnie, had shame. Bonnie is <laughs> shame. She wanted the dresses. <gasps> no, after we did Karen an episode on Did you guys it. have the white? The white? No, no we don't get no, okay. nothing. We just get preached at and shamed at. Gotcha. But we yeah. did an episode about it and we got to look up the the purity balls and all that sick stuff. And Bonnie was like, I want the dresses. Oh my God. The (laughs) pretty white dresses with the giant tulle white skirts. Some of them were so pretty. We never had anything pretty like that. As your father gazes down at your eyes. (laughs) We had stupid matching choir dresses. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) yeah. What did we had? We had, we had shame. We had shame, but we didn't have um, any like ritual things like, uh, like, like I know pledges, my pledges and, uh-huh. or anything like that, which my daughter had to do at a public school here. So, um, yeah, wow. we didn't have any of that kind of thing. We didn't even have anyone. And now, okay. when I got into the charismatic non-denominational, people would talk about sex a lot more, and it was always like. Who struggles with sex addiction? Sex addiction. My God. And has a um, dick right in there. Nailed it. A dick. (laughs) And then my roommate, who I didn't even know, she stands up. And then these other people stand up. And I'm like, yeah, but are they all just looking at each other to be like, who else here? (laughs) Who else is standing up? And I'm going to meet them in the parking lot. so it was much more open then, but not in the Southern Baptist Church. There was none of that talk. Okay, and here, here is a shaming incident that I enjoy sharing. So I went to public high school. Karen went there too. You know, we auditioned for parts, and I get cast in Greece, the play. Ooh. Loved favorite movie. So I was mm-hmm. so excited to be in the in the play. My youth pastor comes up to me, um, not not having a conversation about this. He goes, I just wanted you to know that Barbara and I are not going to come to see your play because we believe that it puts out a message that we don't believe in, that a young woman has to change, you know, and like virtually become a slut for the guy she's <laughs> dating. And I was like, thank God you're not coming. That's all I could think. <laughs> yeah. You're like, great. Woo. Good talk. But then at the same time, like, why would you just come up and tell me? Of course, because I got to shame you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Shame. Instead oh. of just silently just decline to go. Don't even right. have to tell her why. Yeah. Cause it was like, oh, here's a great teaching moment mm-hmm. about how something you're excited to do. You know, you should Let's also be shit on it. Of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, that was pretty much par for the course. And our youth minister, that one, um, you never really wanted to hear him talk about sex or his no. wife. It, it was not, you weren't like, oh, you had a lot of opportunities and you pushed away the flesh. That wasn't what you were seeing presented in front of you anyway. So, but... There was a really handsome one before him. 
And um, I later found out because my brother is six years older and some of his friends, I'm still in contact, that that youth minister, after he left, ended up looking up some of the girls in the youth group and going and telling them he always wanted to sleep with them. And he pretty much did. He was like, I always thought you were hot and blah, blah, blah. He was married at the time, divorced. I'm like, what? There's stuff I never knew was going on. Yeah, I feel like I don't want to like project this, but I feel like I've heard so many stories with youth youth pastors on this particular subject. I'm like, do they become youth pastors because they're like attracted to youth or something, you know? And then they're Mm -hmm. just trying to... I don't know. Like, I I feel like my mom even has a story. She grew up Lutheran, but like pretty sure the youth pastor came onto her and she was like 13. You know what I mean? Like just like gross things like that. That I'm like, yeah. Why is this a reoccurring? As younger, you know, like they feel themselves as younger and, Oh, I can, you know, like they're 40 year olds dressing like 20 year olds. And they're like, I'm so cool. And it's like, you're really not. I know. I know. Yeah, it's got to be a weird thing, but like, I feel like it's so common. Those stories are very common with youth pastors and it's gross because I feel like they're supposed to be guides to an extent. You know what I mean? Like guiding you through your youth. For sure. Like, they should at least trust some of them are. I'm sure sure two of them are. We won't. (laughs) Two. There's two of them. I heard... You know, we know now that there's the the fight or flight or fawn or freeze. Um, and that if you experience trauma a lot over and over again in a home that you didn't feel secure or whatever, that those would click on so much, you know, that they would carry on, of course, in life. And I thought that was my trauma of one, Jesus is everywhere and you should be ashamed of your body. Mm -hmm. I had problems taking showers because I would be like, you know, scrubbing and then like, oh yeah, Jesus is watching me. I'd like hide in a corner by myself. That could be studied by psychiatrists right there. Or Mm -hmm. the whole idea of going to hell. Like we were thinking those things Every day, mm-hmm. every day, and was what that did to traumas. our nervous system, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, what it's done to our nervous systems, and I'm sure mine is, you know, the anxiety I'm sure that I have as an adult started from just that constant fear of demons, fear of the devil, fear of going to hell, you know. Over mm-hmm. and over again. Fear that I didn't really accept Jesus. And I would yes. find out when it's too late. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a huge fear of mine, too. That I, like, even if I had accepted, maybe I would sinned, I didn't repent for it, and therefore there was, like, separation. Or I don't, I feel like this was my generation, but there was a Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Do you guys remember that? I don't know. I'll have to find you a video. It's super fucked up. But like my parents took me when I was like six, maybe. And basically it was like about different families and people who died and they 
and they either enter heaven's gates or hell's flames. And I remember the devil scared me so much <clears throat> that I like yeah. hid under the seat at yeah. one point. Like my oh, parents yeah. literally brought it to me. And I just, I was so terrified because at one point they also had this family that died in a car accident and the parents like had to go to hell and the kids got a free pass. And I was like, this is awful. Right. Why are you showing this to me? So like, I don't know. It was the nineties, but like, it was a movie. And then hell houses. Yeah. No, it wasn't a movie. It was a live play. Oh, fun. Oh. I want to play, play the one going to hell. Yeah, it was a um, live oh, play, so it was actually sad. more terrifying. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And we did have a movie, Thief in the Night, and that was, you know, mm-hmm. the second and coming. I haven't seen and, that, but... And, you know, I had the Left Behind scary. series. That's what I had. Oh, I just saw huh? Kirk. I just did a video oh, about fuck him. him today, and <laughs> he just said some interesting things. But... Yeah, we had at my house, like the children's Bible. And first of all, Samson was one good luck looking piece ripped. of meat. He was ripped. Um, so I love looking at Samson. Jesus is very pleasant, white skinned man. But they also white had Jesus. Satan on like one page. So the images, like we were fed scary images very young, where just, you know, atheist kids or non-churched kids, I guess they would see something scary somewhere, but it wasn't like, I'll tell you where your future. I mean, think about the flying monkeys in Wizard of Oz. They scared yeah. the shit out of me when I was Those four. Those were scary. They were and scary. the witch. Yeah. Well, yeah, not to even mention like a green <laughs> witch who melted. That's not scary. Yeah. But you but, could also shut that off and just be like, oh, that was a terribly scary show rather than mm-hmm. that is That's what's right. waiting for me or my parents yeah. if we get in a car crash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was so awful. Somebody somewhere must have videotaped that play, though. I'm sure. I can. Yeah. I, I haven't looked it up on YouTube, but if I do, I'll send it to you guys because it's yeah. awful. Wow. Oh my and gosh. I can't believe my parents were like, this is good parenting. Right, right. <laughs> I'll take him to a play and tell him it's real. That's <laughs> oh it. Because gosh. that was the whole thing. Like you would see these scary things like versus like now if my daughter wants to watch a scary movie, obviously I'll check in with her and I'll make sure it's nothing too scary. But I'll be like, you know, this isn't real, right? This is just a story. And like, Aww. you know, it, it's not That's like sweet. a, it's not like I'm like, this might be real and it could happen to you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how are you with God right now? Yeah. How are you with God? If you die tomorrow, where do you think you'll go? And it's like, that was the whole thing that like haunted our brains too. And even bringing it back to purity culture, it was like, if you think about a boy this way, or if you let a boy hold your hand or like all these different things, you're like, God's watching. I'm going to go to hell if I die tonight, you know, just like different things like that. And one of my biggest struggle, and I don't know if you guys struggle with this or if it's like a, if it's a product of purity culture, I think it is, but like, I have a hard time being friends with males at this point because I don't know how to be around them and in their company without thinking that it's either they want something from me 
um, or if uh, it'll turn into something else or if I'm causing them to struggle, you know, your brother in Christ and all that bullshit, you know, this is something that I, like, I never was taught to be friends with males because I was always taught that they want something from me. And so like now I'm almost 30 still like, and I'm married and stuff. So it's a little bit different, but like, I want to have male friends, but I don't, I still feel like I don't know how. Well, our recommendation to you is gay male friends. Sure. We have, that was we, in the back of my I was always the safe option. Right. My they daughter don't. was like, oh, you know, when I talk about some, is it a gay male? Mom knows all the gay males. But that just, you know, seemed to be the group of people both Bonnie and I fell into as our community, even at church or after church. But it's still hard, even without purity culture to be friends with males because of all because of patriarchy and because of all that anyway it's really Mm -hmm. it's a difficult thing and anytime I say something Bonnie's always like well that's just because they want to sleep with you or (laughs) I say that to her and I'm like well I just thought they were talking to us um but yeah, oh. I, it's a tricky, it's I, a tricky I'm only, thing yeah, I'm only friends with like my, my friend's husbands or sure. gay men. And I would never like call my friend's husband and say, do you want to get a drink? So like, I don't know how it would work. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. But just like in like, say you have a group of friends where you all do things together and mm-hmm. there's like either single men, there are single women there, like whatever. It's hard to like, just have like a one-on-one conversation with someone and enjoy it like yeah. within the group, whatever, and not be like, am I doing something wrong? You know, like, like you just have all these, at least for me, I still feel like those thoughts run through my head. And they have to stem from third purity culture because, like I said, it was like we weren't supposed to cause our brothers in Christ to struggle. Whether that's wearing pants or too low cut (laughs) a shirt. I remember when my anytime I would like bend over, which like is pretty normal, like your shirt just sort of comes out. And my mom was like, oh, no, Rachel. Oh, no, (laughs) no, no, no. Your Boys chin. will see your breasts if you bend over. So right. I got my habit of touching my chest when I bent over. Right. So that, and it's just like ridiculous things like that, that, that I still think about. And I'm just like, I can't even believe this was a thing. And like the stress, <laughs> just needing to bend over to get something and be like, someone's looking at my boobs because they want me. All because the men time. cannot control themselves. Yeah, that's it. And we just, on part of our merch that I put up today, I haven't even showed you, Bonnie, is the <laughs> the verse, you know, if your eye causes you to sin, sin, gouge it out and throw it in the trash. And it's on women's shirts at the breast area. So it's like a, like a booby trap where men are already staring there anyway then they read the verse if they mention the verse you know they've been staring at breasts but I love that I think that's I I still do that and I remember I would like pull my shirt way down if I was going to bend 
over so like you couldn't even see if I had a tramp stamp or not, which I do not, but <laughs> wouldn't even get to that point. Um, mm-hmm. but, but then yeah, there's, there's the exact opposite of it where there was this guy in college who used to come up from behind and poke us and it was like pretending to be tickling but he would be getting side boob oh yeah yeah and i'm like how is this sanctioned you always have one of those that's right (laughs) and we'd be like watch out for the boob poker or you know certain guys with the hugs the side Uh, hugs yeah did not i hate those and that you had to hug people we've talked about that plenty of times, even after, you know, some sermons about sex and thought life or whatever, you know, you had to hug people and you would have to hug guys that you didn't want to hug because, you yeah. know, everyone's showing each other the love of Christ. So you have that. they be like, stand up and shake this person's hand or stand up and hug the person next to you. And you're just like, I don't uh, want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, it blows my mind that now, like, people take their kids to Santa and they're like, you don't have to sit on his lap. I'm like, my God, that's amazing. No, that's huge. I would have, that would have been great to be like. Santa grosses me out now. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when they have him pop up at adult bars and then there's just women sitting on this old man's lap Uh, and I'm like, it could stop. Yeah. And his beard has got to be disgusting and have chicken crumbs right. in it. Ugh. Yeah. Beard. It's just <laughs> gross. It's a gross tradition. Okay. When did it even come out? Like 1930s or something when like Coca-Cola did their thing? I don't know. I heard a podcast on it once. Oh, uh, I just but, don't Okay. Like so, so this leads into like just regular work life and then where it goes the other way and then it makes you think, oh, where's the, where's the line? Because I hugged my old boss in New York once and, and I hugged him and he goes, oh, who's got the boobies? <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Right. Are we, are we going that far uh, against the grain of like being in church? And so oh I was my just like, God. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're yeah. like literally all women everywhere yes. have boobies. <laughs> and we don't what mention do you mean? them. We don't make yeah, them like, feel weird. <laughs> yeah. We all Who's pretend. got a penis? Like, come right. on. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, you. You have kids. I know. We assume. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. I. It's the whole male-female thing in general is fraught with just so much shit that goes with it but I mean I feel comfortable uh so I guess you have to wait 30 years or whatever to finally be around men. <laughs> okay no. 10 um be around men who are married in a group and you know just talk with them but at the same time I get annoyed when groups get together and instantly the women go in one direction and the men go in one direction. Yeah, I hate Sometimes that I like the subject that the men are talking about and I would rather yeah. be there because the women, there's someone giving a 10 minute long story. I probably already heard where I would like it about. fast and fun. The guys are just going talking about TV shows. I'd rather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's society, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely hand in hand. It's pretty um, 
there, so there's this one, uh, couple Christian couple that I, I went to their wedding. Actually, I think I was like 16 or something, but I have worked with him professionally because I do modeling. I know it doesn't look like it because my face looks awful right now. Yeah, of but course it does. <laughs> for sure. Don't say that. So, um, I did this, uh, whole thing with him and it was paid and everything. And, but I, I hadn't really seen him since the wedding and he's a cool person, but like he decided back in 2019, him and his wife were going to out his whole porn masturbation struggles. And it was like this long of a post on Facebook. And they both were like trying to offer help and like all this stuff. But after reading his story, I literally was like, sir, you are just a product of purity culture. And you were like suppressed. You know what I mean? Like just reading his story, I was like, this is actually so normal. And your wife just made it seem like the worst thing, but it's actually not. You just needed to get off because you were (laughs) abstaining from having sex with this woman you were about to marry. And I was like, this is not a thing. And I, I, I did end up commenting that he was literally just a product of purity culture. I was like, masturbation is like very normal. Right. You were like abstaining from sex. So like, of course you're going to look at porn. And like, they were acting like it was so abnormal and men should never look at porn ever. And they should never masturbate ever. And I was like. And so therefore they needed to stay accountable by putting yep, it and out so they to had everyone. Yep. Do they, they put have it kids? Out to- Yes. Wait, See, back up. It. So what no. was the post like? Don't <laughs> it let didn't me just have tell pictures, you, Bonnie. Bonnie. Let me just, I don't want that. <laughs> no, let me just tell you though. Let me just Oh look, I'll, she's accessing the computer. No, I got it. I already had it set up in <laughs> case you asked. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. Um but it starts with uh wait, is this his post? Nope, this is his wife post. Which one do you want to hear? <laughs> Whichever we're, one. We're ready more? for all of it. Okay, oh so gosh. his starts with sex in all caps, porn, abuse, and then have I got your attention? Um, t- yeah. <laughs> Duh. Um, her starts with warning, long posts, sexual content, and taboo topics. Uh They're essentially the same story, but obviously different perspectives. So his, uh, he basically starts out with, I was addicted to pornography and masturbation, which I'm not discounting can be a real thing. But again, I don't think that's what's happening with this man. His his version could be twice. Yeah, yeah. So so he goes, I sat in my car driving, a place I spent a lot of time thinking, which like, Uh, great, you're not any different. Anyway, and and I finally, yeah, and clean it, please. (laughs) And I finally had to admit it to myself. Maybe admittance was the first step. I laughed to laugh that was forced to cover up my internal feelings in those quiet moments. I never would have admitted it before. I would tell myself things like, I'm not addicted. I'm just struggling. And I've had great victory before. I'm just having a rough patch right now. All of it was bullshit. But to be honest, at the time, I didn't know it. I was selling myself hope and positive vibes. And there was no way I was going to admit defeat. The truth was, I couldn't kick it. 
I was in my late twenties yes. <laughs> and I hadn't kicked the habit yet. Late twenties. They never kick the habit. It took a, another couple's tragic story of adultery and divorce to snap me out of my self-induced masquerade. Was I leading my family down the same path? I was. My wife wouldn't have admitted it at the time, but she was pulling away. And who could blame her? <laughs> the drama, am I right? <laughs> my continued apologies. My continued visual and physical cheating. Right. And my continual stubborn will, not willing to let someone help me. No, I never actually cheated on my wife with other women, but I surely did in my mind. And that's honestly the same thing. My sins drove a large and invisible wedge between us. Our sex life suffered horribly because of this stuff. I couldn't even suggest we try this or that because it brought up the pain of where I'd learned this or that. Yeah. <laughs> he comes in with butt plugs. She's like, what is happening? Yeah. She's like, you cheated on me. I can't believe it. It's like, no. Anyway. Um, and then I would get mad at her because she wouldn't forgive me. Uh-oh. But all the while it was me that brought this into our home. It was me that put my selfishness above her heart. Me. Mm-hmm. So there I was, broken and helpless, sitting in a car with my shameful past, my unknown future there beside me. Isn't this so dramatic? Oh, it's very I have a dog like dog barking issue. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. Do your thing. But it Go get also that dog. it sounds like, and I want to be a writer. You know, no, it like does. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hi, please book me for a novel. Right, enjoy. Great at it. My well-crafted sentences, which then takes your attention away from authenticity. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm already perked up. And we, yeah, and it oh, just she is she good? She's is her dog good? Yeah, her dog. And he calls it a struggle, which is interesting, but like, I guess he can't go more than three days without it, but that just kind of tells me that he maybe has a higher sex drive than his wife. And that just seems... And that seems pretty normal. Normal. I'm curious, because you know more, if he is really confessing this He's obviously told his wife, so I'm just oh, wondering. Oh, she if also his posted wife, the same story. If they both she like, was like, listen, you want to stay married? Here's the thing. You admit it. You get help. What should I do? Well, put it on Facebook. You know, I'm wondering how much of like that. that. Yeah, to he keep the marriage. his story? For him? So he posted his story, and then she posted his story. Like, she <laughs> gave her side of the story and they did it simultaneously right. and then tagged each other in it and like everyone is on there like yes yes queen mm. you know and all this stuff and like then there's me that's like and I can't find my comment anywhere so I think they deleted it but I literally was like sounds like you're just the product of purity culture yeah, yeah. sounds I mean, like you mm-hmm. you just needed to now They've given so much ammunition. That's exactly it. Judge them and talk about them at parties. Yeah. Yeah. No, they have. And they were like, oh, come join our group. And and oh, like, you know, we can help you and and like let's all talk about this together. And I'm also like, why would you put this on social media? Like, if I had an affair with my husband and we worked it out. 
and then like went back to life. Why would I put it on social media? Right. Like, yeah. Especially why would I do kids that? And yes, they have four children. That. I'm like, your kids are going to oh. find this someday and be oh. absolutely mortified. They and are. the parents of the kids and uh, of other kids oh. and friends. And, and they have posted this twice. Like it was like the next year they were like, let's repost. <laughs> let's, let's repost. Mind you. <laughs> and, I, you know, I do believe oh with his flourishing sentences, there are people who are like, you know what? Let's use this as a launching off that we have. An opportunity is an opportunity. Right. Okay? We're post-porn ministry now. People mm-hmm. can look to us, and we might also come out with our own articles and and books and all that. But I, no. Okay, so best Just case, no. worst case scenario. She uh, or no, he. Let's say he's like do 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 living his life. And she passes right. away and he is like, oh, you know what? I'm going to love again. And then he meets somebody and they find out about this. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> there's like <laughs> deal breaker for like, me. Deal breaker. Honestly. Yeah. I'd be like, no, sir, you have problems. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> sir, your porn post. <laughs> and that's right. And every time like they go backwards, she's going to blame herself. And I mean, that was a big thing that they're talking now with the Josh Duggar whole situation is, mm-hmm. you know, they had a, have a much more narrow belief system than I grew up with, but there was still the understanding that if your husband cheats or watches porn, it's the woman's fault. Right. Like you haven't done whatever to satisfy him. And I'm mm-hmm. like, just women don't get a break with any of it. Um, yeah, if she was going to like leave him, then I would be like, okay, the only way I'll stay with you is you put it on Facebook. He pushes send, you have your bag packed, you laugh, you walk out. <laughs> that I can see. But I love that. Wow. I love it. Well, I yeah, mean, the repression but, I mean, thing. Maybe there was a whole thing, like you said, maybe she was like, hey, if you don't deal with this, because I don't understand it. Because she probably was feeling inferior because totally. that's what we're taught. And so, again, I'm just going to blame the whole thing on purity culture. And that's what I right. freaking tried to tell them. They're both in their 30s. I'm like, get it together. And you allowed to have kids. Yeah. You're allowed to have children. And you're oh. posting this on Facebook so irresponsibly. And again, I couldn't find my comment. And so I think it was deleted. But I literally was like, <laughs> sir, have you heard of purity culture? Because yep. I think you are just suffering from that. And Can you annually repost your comment. <laughs> right. <laughs> I should. I should. I should just like go on and troll and just like post it every year and be like purity culture. Exactly. You know what else I mean, they didn't think yeah. of doing? I don't know. Go to a therapist. Yes. Oh. Stop trying to do it by yourself and be like, oh, we're just gonna start an anti-porn group instead we're gonna go to marriage keep it quiet like everyone else and actually work on our shit oh Um, now i don't know know, like mature people her story about this my porn no the one about like raise your hand if you have a problem you can always tell me and i can edit it out oh no i just have said it before and uh no i'm fine to do it so i was a missionary and 
in this missionary group, we were in Australia and that's where I met my husband and all that. But um, you you always have interesting people, but we had these really in-depth like talks and and Bible studies that would go all day long and all this stuff. So we were do like doing the week on purity shit. And everyone was like crying about their thought life or asking God to turn them virgins again. Um, oh, spiritually. My mom did that. She yeah. said she was a born again virgin. Right. Mm. Doing all that stuff. And um, then one was about, you know, masturbation. And this guy, he was unpleasant and weird. But anyway, of course, he starts crying and everyone's like, okay, you know. And it was all masturbation. I'm masturbating all the time. And I'm like, oh, because I get visual. Because I'm a human. Right. It's my biology. So they, you know, you had to apologize to God. And they're like, when you masturbate, when you're thinking of someone, you are sinning against that person. And so you're bringing sin into that person's life. And that's unfair, you know, and blah, blah, blah. So afterwards, I'm in the hallway, and here he comes. And he's still, like, red-faced. And he's like, I just need to talk with you. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And he's like, I just need to apologize for sinning against you um, in my thought life. And I'm like, shit, you know. And, of course, we're standing there. And, again, what do I have to do? I have to forgive him. For thinking of me while he whacks off, I have, you also to have to hear about it, hear it, picture it, and hug him. So here I am, <laughs> mushing my boobs up against his pimply chest to forget, you know, because he reaches out. And I'm like, that's the position that we're put in, you know, mm-hmm. to be like, okay, somehow I feel. I would have been very happy not knowing any of that. But yeah, that we have to then forgive someone who sinned against us and blah, 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 blah. But um, And honestly, I feel like now in my own mindset, if a man came up and told me that, it would be... It wouldn't necessarily be sexual assault, but like it would make me feel... Uh, Like I don't know how to describe it. Do you know what I mean? Like it would just... It'd be like... It would be sexual assault adjacent. Or like harassment. Like, yeah, I don't need to know that information. Like, right. There's something so wrong about that, that you would go up and tell a woman that and then make her feel like she's supposed to forgive you and make you feel better. Right. Right. Like outside of the church, that would definitely be. Like if someone did that to you in a workplace, that would would be a major write up. Right, but, right. Because it was like in HR's office. Yes, yeah. right now. But like, since it was in a church environment, it was like he admitted he was wrong. So like, you should forgive him. Like He's Jesus crying. would do He's it. Going oh, through it. You should hug really, him. You should what? hug him. <laughs> right. That's no. It. Like, like we're no. Always putting ourselves, yeah, in the position where we are the. We're the victim of it, but we were also the perpetrator of it. And we're also the one that can release them from it. It's just a whole lot of work for 
women who weren't even existing. in the room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, apologizing for your existence. Right. Over and okay. over again. I had a lot of fun talking to you guys. I know. Oh, good. It's fun. Yeah. I really it's fun how to many shoot shit and yeah. talk about fucked up things that happen. Yeah. And I, I mean love hearing purity. other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And purity culture has always been around. It just wasn't what Bonnie, I think, said. It wasn't not only named, but it wasn't marketed until the 90s, where mm-hmm. then you got your workbooks on it, you got your traveling talks on it, you got, you know, the rings, yeah. the this Conferences, and that. Conferences, yeah. Yeah. I refused at all costs to get a ring. My parents definitely tried to get me to get one, and I was like, no, this is the stupidest thing ever. I'm not doing Listen, it. Listen, <laughs> you get the jewelry. They offer the jewelry, you take the jewelry. That's true. What but you it would do? have some purity in large letters around <laughs> Oh. But yeah, get it in platinum so you can melt it down and sew yeah. it soon. And I was right. just like, I already know I'm probably going to be a slut in the near future. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I basically was like, there's no way I can actually commit to this. But also, I just thought it was stupid. A yeah. lot of my friends had yeah. one. Sadly, does not matter what age you are. The church screwed us all over with uh, all of this. Well, and that's what's interesting too, to like talk to other people that are either older or younger, just that we all have the same bullshit. I mean, it definitely generations make a difference because like the church went in phases of this, that, or the other, but like Mm -hmm. we all come out the same indoctrinated. (laughs) It's not good. And needing therapy and... All of those things, but yeah. it was fun to talk to you guys. Thanks so much for too. talking to me. Oh, no, Rachel. Thank you. And for those of our listeners who are out there and they're like, that made me think of a funny story. I hope you'll send it in to us. Go to deconversiontherapypodcast.com. There's a place and we'll read it on our podcast episode, our letter sode. And also, if you could rate and review, you already got the phone in your hand. And lastly, if you are willing to sponsor us for $7 a month, we do live Zoom parties where you actually get to see Bonnie, and it just really helps us with uh, podcast expenses. We appreciate it, and have a good week.